Welcome to Rhythm and Pixels Video Game Music Podcast, episode 12-5. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernet. And every week we get together, we listen to great video game music of the past and the present. And that's it. That's what we do. This is, this is a good time that we hang out. Just, and it's just you and me this week. That is true. It's a week after a series of spectacular and fun to talk to guests. But every once in a while, it feels nice to kind of kick back to the basics not be on timelines and just yeah. I feel like it's um, it's like a reset. Yeah, mellow out. I got got Wawa here, just like old times. I got. I've even drinking a beer. Yeah, I haven't I, drank beer in ages. Swapped Lacroix for a beer, and I was like, yeah, let's just do that tonight. I thought this was Lacroix brain. Um, <laughs> this is a Lacroix La Hoppy. There we go, La Hops, La Grain. No, this is this is super local from uh, Wilmington, Delaware. Mm-hmm. Twin Lakes, that could be a fun story to tell one day, but we're not sponsored by them, so we shouldn't go into their freaking story. Yeah, it's not a beer cast. But if, actually, I ain't going to lie, it'd be kind of dumb. I, I don't want to say dumb, but I had this chat the other day, so I the the thing I do, the I do the the, the, the Facebook, not Facebook, web page writing reviews, and yes. I asked the other day, I was like, hey, do you want to review this music album by this band? Oh, cool. And I was like, I don't think I could do that. He was like, what do you mean? I was like, music is a, I know I do a music podcast, but I, music is personal. Like when I think about music and describing it, I'll say, this music sounds great. This is a track you can get down to. Right. Or yeah. The, it's energetic, but imagine writing you a thousand plus <laughs> words about six songs. Well, I mean, that's because it's personal to you. Like, do you think maybe like you're, you want to be more objective, but you find it hard to be objective? It's not even just being objective. It's more like, again, how do you go a thousand words on six songs? Like, we <laughs> talk about music every week, right? And well, yeah, when you talk about a track, you yeah. usually go into more technical terms. You speak about techno or techniques that are used to produce the sounds, things of that nature. And when I describe music, I go, it has a certain plot. It does a beep, boop, bip here, and then it goes rear, yeah, rear. It's just practice, man. It's all practice. And it's all uh, research, too, man. Yeah, like, but I feel like ultimately, I mean, I may still take up on the offer if he still has it because yeah. it's a good album and I want to freaking hear it. But, um, <laughs> you just want access to I it. I want access to the music. <laughs> but, and it comes with a, well, I don't even get the cool slap bracelet, but I get the music. But, uh, Dude, it comes with a slap bracelet? Apparently, they released it on a USB slap bracelet. As a USB? It's, this is, this is a, uh, an internet. I don't think I would get the actual bracelet, but I know that the actual re- that, retail but... release is going to be a USB snap bracelet. That's amazing. But uh, <laughs> it's just it's just that way of describing. I think people who listen to the show probably would, will probably enter, click well, with it immediately. And this is like when Pearl talks about music, it's like well, let's it do this. Great. Let's do this this episode. Let's describe the music. Oh, this will be a trip. Okay. Okay. See how many words I can we can fill with and, a description. Yeah, I mean that's not to be like a long thing, but let's let's uh two hundred and fifty words or let or more for every track. Well, how about you just you just. Exercise that part of your brain, dun, dun, dun. and I feel like for me, like this episode is like exercising a part of the brain that I don't usually use, which is like um, conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you converse. You're married. You talk every friggin' day. I mean, yeah, but like not. I don't like hang out with a lot of people. I don't even work with a lot of people. I I work from home, but not. I mean, I'm starting a new job, which I'll be working with people. 
but I don't usually. <laughs> I know that feeling. I work so in an office place behind a locked door. Yeah, sometimes. I'll be behind a locked door too most of the time. I don't know. It'll be fun. I'm sure a lot of people totally get that. But what I wanted to talk about at the beginning, and then I was like, no, 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 let's wait until we actually start, was today's topic, which I think was, was it listener suggested? Yeah, Rebecca Gruber suggested this a little ways back. See... You might think we're not choosing your tops, but we're actually doing it. It's putting them in a wonderful jar, <laughs> and we're pulling them out when the time is right. We do. We do have like a list of like these are all the interesting topics that we're just going to pick from pick from down down the row. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have songs that we that we heard during the week and we we really want to play it, and so we figure that out. Mm-hmm. Or um, maybe new listeners have written in, and we want to like like um, honor their wishes oh my gosh it words has, words are coming out of my mouth see, today <laughs> we gotta we gotta practice these all these locked door work sessions yeah but the anyway the um the topic that rebecca so kindly sent to us i love the name by the way it's monster party monster party and not monster in my pocket not pocket monsters but the monster party so now admittedly though my perception would have been if, if you wanted to go with the monster in my pocket it would have been allowed because well, that's they, only they, one game though yeah, but they get together. They hang out a bunch <laughs> of monsters who do get down to business. They hang out together. But know? um, so I thought I assumed this was this was games that you play as the monster or you play as like a creature. Oh, interesting. Then is that how you went? Not even, <laughs> not even close. But but I still think the tracks I picked are going to be pretty on the nose and worth or invalid for the topic. Oh yeah, I mean I, I love these kind of like interpretive topics because then you just kind of like have fun with it and pick some great music mm-hmm. and sort of shoehorn it all right so um what is your first track and how would you describe it well my first track or we can describe after we hear it <laughs> well the first track if i didn't pick a track from this game given the recent buzz that's been going to us taking the game community by storm recently i would hate myself so i went immediately with this so from the monster hunter series okay i picked the Zenogray theme and it is composed by a Mas- i guess <laughs> Masato Koda. Welcome back. 
You're listening to the Xeno Gray theme. Xeno Gray <laughs> theme. Oh, it's nighttime from the game Monster Hunter 4, though I believe he's in 3 also, and it's composed by Masato Koda. Is this monster like a... First of all, this is not a party. This is a monster... Monster this is melee. monster mayhem, man. You're just you're murdering monsters. Hey, hey, hey. I, my philosophy on the game, though, I like to make the jokes about uh, you know basically beating the monsters and then taking their skins to make clothing and so, weapons that you use to take out the kid, the monsters' so children. You're having the monster party as an aggressor, but the monsters themselves are not having a party. Oh no, no, quite <laughs> the contrary. Like my the way the game actually winds up playing is you are you are the small man. In a world of giant monsters, like they actually run the show, and typically when you show up, pretty much for almost every battle in the game, you kind of get stronger as you go. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you're always the underdog for monsters. So what ends up happening is a monster mm-hmm. will see you come after you, and you're like, "Well, I was looking for you anyway, so let's get this down to business." And you start. So you're fighting. claiming self-defense. It would be, because on one <laughs> hand, you are the hunter in this case, but and right. I'm honestly kind of glad they did this, but for the most part, the majority of the monsters in this game are not meek animals. They are actually powerful monsters mm. that tower over you, and essentially, yeah, you're hunting them, but if you were, in a lot of cases for them, if you were just walking around and your weapon wasn't was sheathed, they would see you and go, oh, I'm going to take this guy out. And so, you're like, well, I guess I'm fighting the day. Is there usually a story with these games? Or is it just like, let's just go have fun? It's very loose story. Very loose it's story. usually like, hey, Man, I'm, I'm okay monsters with are interesting. <laughs> Why are they eating food that they usually don't? Let's find out. And then you're just like, Following researchers are like, go to this region now and find out why cold fish like to swim in icy Wait water. So there's like researchers and they're like, go and figure out something about this animal. And you're like, okay, whoops, I killed it. Why well, should be more specific? <laughs> it's more like we want to research why this fish is interested in this sort of environment, but to do so, we need his corpse. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll go hunt the fish monster and kill it and then bring it back and then you can study it. Right. So it'll be something like that. But in the process, I want to get some pelts. Um, but it ends up being cool, though, because, like, for example, with this monster, from what I remember fighting him, you fight him on, like, a mountain face of sorts, like a rocky environment with cliff sides and all, and you just kind of walk out, and it's this large blue bear mm. that's just kind of walking around, and he sees you, he looks up, and he just kind of raises up and he screams, and then the music kicks in, and he's like an electric bear. <laughs> and he's just, like, smacking into you and electrocuting you and tossing you across the map. And the monsters are always faster than you, too. Like, you're usually like this little slow-hunking guy, and the monster's like, boom, 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 (laughs) just shooting around. It's an amazing time. And this music goes well with that fight, because whenever I fought this thing, I felt panicked. Like, this is, like, this is really cool. Like, not just, like, cinematic. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not just, like, cinematic quality music. It's got that, like, it's got that fun cinematic, like, almost like chase Kind of music. Yeah. yeah, because like he action. You will be getting chased sometimes. Yeah. Like it usually starts out with you getting smacked around and you're trying to get the upper hand. Right. And as you whittle him down, eventually eventually the monster goes, What the heck did I get myself into? And he runs away. And then you finish the chase. And you chase him down, <laughs> you find him while he's taking a nap, and you whack him. That's horrible. No, it's it, it's hunting. <laughs> now, think about me. We have hunters in today's society. Yeah, the no. hunters that I don't get down with. I'm hunting elephants. Like, that's horrible. 
But imagine if hunters had to deal with yeah. giant electric bears <laughs> who were fighting them every step of the way to the point where if they came home with a xenograde pelt, it was almost like saying, you know, I don't get down with this hunting thing. They are protected. But you kind of worked for that <laughs> because he would have mauled the tar out of you if you weren't trained to fight it. Uh, uh, electric bears are a protected species. This is true. There's only five left in the world. What? No, there's not five. These, Four. Things, these things generate every two, every ten minutes on the map. So. Wow, man, they are they're busy. Yeah, they're they're they're, they're rabbits, man. <laughs> busy electric bears. Mm. Ooh, band name called it. Busy electric bears. <laughs> no, electric bears getting busy. No, no, you gotta go. It's busy electric bears. Busy electric bears. Yes, it's busy electric bears. That could also be like the title of my um, band that sings like kid songs. <laughs> the, the, the busy electric bears. Shock straight to your heart. All right, so how would you describe this music then? So. Um, frenetic. Um, pumping and frenetic. There you go. A driving force to propel you into your next destination or to your goal that is directly in front of you, mauling you. Yeah. Now, now that's not 250 words. No, no, no. What, what instruments stand out to you? I don't know what instrument that is. The drums? It's like a don't, don't. Yeah, so the, the percussion. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, too. I like the, um, the violins. I like dun, 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 dun. I like that. So good. I love this track. I think it's got, yeah, it's got, it's got almost kind of like an Eastern kind of sound to it. And this is why your rhythm, by the way, because you flat out say it's the percussion. And I even know what a percussion is, well, but when drums, I think yeah. about it on <laughs> the, the run, <laughs> yeah, but on the fly, we were like, describe this music. I'm like, I like that boom, 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 bat, bat, bat part. The part where it goes, eh, 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 eh. you're like, the percussion. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but that thing, the wedding majubs. Have you not learned anything for now? I did, but on the fly, it the always woman, goes woman up. Jubs. The Wubba oh, Jubs. We don't use those words around here for now. Don't tell that to Elvis. He knows. All right. So my picks are from games where you play as the monster or as the creature. So this is a classic, classic tune. This is Shadow of the Beast for the Amiga computer system, composed by David Whittaker. David Whittaker. And uh, this track is called Beyond the Mind and Reality. And this game is cool, especially back in the day. Like, it was violent. So, um, Shadow of the Beast for the Amiga.
You're listening to Beyond the Mind and Reality, which I think is the last stage of Shadow of the Beast for the Amiga computer system composed by David Whittaker. So this is, a, this is an absolute classic. Now, I know you've seen this game, but you don't, probably don't have any experience with it. Not a drop. Um, I remember seeing this and playing it, I think, at a friend's house or maybe like my cousin's. Um, but like, I was kind of young, didn't really know anything about like the IP. So I didn't like I wasn't like aware of like what this thing was. All I knew was like Mega Man in Castlevania. But this is like it's side scrolling. Um, you play a creature. I think like a demon turns you into this monster, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think like, you, I think you're revenging your family or something like that, and you're fighting the monsters that turned you into a monster. Ooh. But it's like you're running like you have like a crazy like monster face, and like you go around and you claw bad guys, and they like they explode into blood and stuff. <laughs> they explode when you slash them. But um, everything I've read was like, yeah, this game is actually really um, advanced for its time for like the music, which is awesome. And the um, and the graphics, which have like a lot more colors on the screen, and like the parallax scrolling in the background, that was all pretty new in the t- at the time. I will say that's some, that's something I kind of miss these days as I got older. Uh, the ability to be told about a series of game, not necessarily a new game, because that's <laughs> yeah. that's a different thing. A series of game and go specifically. I've never heard of that. Here's something completely new. <laughs> yeah, this is a new series. This is a new franchise that's oh, new to me. Let me specify. New to me franchise. Like, if you were to say, uh, I don't know, have you ever played this game called Star Rye? It's been around for like 10 years. There's six games in the series. Now, you're, you're describing my life, man. I don't. If you don't follow, like, the games, like, I, like,. And that's what I mean. For you, like, that's an awesome thing. Yeah. That means you're constantly being exposed to new franchises that wow. are already founded. Your ignorance is amazing. Oh, stop it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we're using ignorance for the proper definition, not the usual when people are upset at each other definition, <laughs> honestly, it is a good thing in this case because whenever someone can actually freshly walk into a franchise, like, before you knew me talking about it, you had no clue what Ease was. You're probably like, Ease? Two letters? There's a game with two letters well, in the I remember, title? I remember playing Ease on the Genesis, and it was uh, the third in the series, and me and my brother called it Wise. And so I knew there was more, but I had never seen it before. Ah. And then because I didn't have the instruction booklet, didn't understand how to play the game, never went back to it, never thought of it again. And then you're like, wait a minute. They still, not only is it a franchise <laughs> yeah. that's had multiple games, but they're still making new ones? So I feel like um, calling someone ignorant is like a 90s thing. Is yeah. it a 90s thing? No, people still people do still it. People still do it. Because the actual, the 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 proper, well not proper, but the non-insulting terminology for it is fine. You can say, I'm ignorant to the topic. I'm ignorant of the topic. Oh, I can't believe you're, you're asking, you're ignorant of this topic. I used to hear well, this like explain. in like high school or like junior high where it's like, oh man, he's being ignorant. Yeah, you're so ignorant. You're so <laughs> ignorant. And that is the same word, it's the same definition but it's used in an insulting way yeah, it's using like, inflection. Uh, um, you're being crazy and like not thinking about you know what's really happening. Yeah, like heck, even crazy. Like think about it. There was a period in time where they used the word crazy specifically implied you were off your rocker and right. that's a bad thing. But there was a point in like the 90s and late 80s where being crazy was totally awesome. Well, you know what? I don't like. I mean, I guess I, it's not that I don't like, but I'm just, I'm just not going to use it cuz I don't think it I don't think it's a great descriptor as saying if, if you're being extra. Extra, I don't like. I don't like that. I don't, it doesn't even make sense to me. I know some people that do use it, 
And my take on it is, what do you mean extra? Extra what? What are you being extra? Extra what? It has to follow. It has yeah, to be yeah. followed by something. I would be like, stop exaggerating. Yeah, that's because <laughs> that's using proper English. If you say you're being extra, the the way you thought up is to go extra what? Extra, you know, extra, extra, extra what? Extra ignorant. Extra, extra, <laughs> extra, extra. Read all about it. Extra chewing gum. You know. Yeah. Extravagant. Tell me more. I don't know, man. The, answer, the proper answer is I'm being extravagant. Right. So what do you think of this track? This your time. Okay, well, I like this track because I like the bass and I like that flute. But I think the, the bass and that guitar it makes it sound like super 80s like synth wave, like that super 80s sound. So if this the, were on like an dark, album... Like a dark 80s... Like, doom, 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 so doom, if this doom, were on an album you were trying to recommend to somebody, your stance would be... You will love this track from the game Shadow of the Beast. It comes across as a very synth wave-ish with a very synth wave-like sound that gets your toe tapping. In a <laughs> never s- okay, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, um, I wouldn't assume that this would be someone's favorite. That someone would enjoy this. I would say if you liked music from the early '90s, late '80s industrial period, mm-hmm. and maybe kind of like that '80s new wave sound. You would like this, despite that it's being played from a video game on the Amiga. I think it holds up. Maybe I should take this review and then just be like, "Hey, Rob, I'm going to describe <laughs> this to you in my terminology, and then you know. translate it." To I am not a, I am not a, an expert whatsoever. You want to talk to Michael from the Forever Sound Version podcast? That guy knows his stuff. Like, hey, so there's this one part where it goes boop 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 bat bat. I am just an enthusiast. <laughs> I am just you will a be pleasure both. listener. It will be both, Frank. And I, and I like to talk about it with you on the internets. It's a fun time. That's all this is. So watch. I'm going to end up going home and telling them, yeah, give me that album. I'm going, I'm just going, I'm going to be like, look, if you, can, if you can reduce the requirement to 500, yeah, yeah. I can do this. Yeah. If you can just tell me, like, um, yeah, it's a jam. <laughs> this music sells but, good. This music sells bad. I give it nine thumbs out of ten <laughs> appendages. I give it nine thumbs up. What? How would you get? Shut up. I nah. found a lot of thumbs, okay? <laughs> There's extra. There's extra. Extra thumbs? There's extra thumbs. Stop being so ignorant. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right. What's your second track? Well, my next track <laughs> is from another old favorite of mine, though I had a weird time picking a track from it, but I just wanted to be represented on an episode where I feel the topic hits it. Absolutely. And the game is called Azure Dreams. It was from the Sony PlayStation. And the track, to my understanding, is just titled Track Number 3 Variation. And it's composed by Hiroshi Tamawari.
Welcome back. You're listening to Tower Number Three, Variation Number Two, from the game Azure Dreams, composed by Hiroshi Tamawari. So this track plays, of course, in the third section of the tower. The track changes every five floors. I still remember that somehow. Oh, every five floors. Yeah, there's a total of forty floors. I never got to the fourth floor. <laughs> I say I, I don't remember. A part of me feels like I probably didn't just forgot. But uh, this is one of those games where you it's the basic premise of the father was an adventurer. He enters this tower, and then he disappears. And then years later, the son decides, I'm going to climb that tower. And he has a talking animal friend that goes by the name of Quinn. K-E-W-N-E. Quinn Mallory? I wish. <laughs> As he sliders was airing back when this game was yeah, first yeah, I was playing this say, game. That, so that, that, that's the heyday, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh... So you essentially are finding monster eggs and hatching and then fusing monsters to then get powerful monsters to being your monster party so you can scale the tower and kick butt and have your weapons get dissolved because everything's a jerk. And then at the same time, build a bowling alley and woo women and make the town bully look like a jerk. Huh? There's bowling in this game. Yeah, you build a bowling alley for your town. So it really is a monster party. Oh, yeah, They're hanging out the bowl. Did the, the, the monsters bowl? I wish. Oh, they don't. There might, I think one of the monsters actually acts as a bowl out of the Flintstones, but I don't recall. Um, <laughs> it's a living. <laughs> <laughs> when in Rome. <laughs> Even though they have, should have no idea what Rome is, but they have said that on the show. Um, but it's just, it's a very <laughs> odd game. Like, I like games like this where they get you in that, that Skinner box uh, concept of mass money to build a thing so your town can grow and you can use the thing to enjoy yourself but they go back in the tower and get more money to build more so it's things like, like you're kind of like building you're like kind of like like the engine of this machine to like grow this other section of the game mm-hmm. I like that yeah that, that's always a fun like mechanic because it's it, 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 the incentive is is to see the progress of like the town and it's one of the weirdest things as it comes to a game because like I said this game has uh, you know, the typical meet a girl to try to either have... I can't remember if it was a girlfriend oh, yeah. or to eventually marry her mechanic. This game is like super anime, right? Actually, this was back well, before the, anime games were a big thing in the, the cover States. Art, the cover artwork was like... It was more like a rustic I anime. Like, it wasn't like anime like what you'd expect. It was more... A rustic it anime. Was, it, was, like, it was clear <laughs> someone from Japan probably drew it, but it wasn't the typical, oh, look at these colorful characters with their big eyes and the, oh, the okay. usual shtick that you'd get. Um, but I like the fact that in addition to the, the women and the townsfolk, there was also a town, like, I guess like a sort of aristocrat guy who came for money mm-hmm. and just kind of lorded it over your character. <laughs> and, uh, so a lot of the game is you trying to like do things, but at the same time, you're also showing him up as like, look at this guy. I can't believe he's doing it. And I couldn't. But, uh, I think one of my favorite things about the game was the fact that there were six girls you could woo, but one of the girls was his sister. So, okay. if you wooed his sister, it was almost like, look, not only did you have me all wrong, but I'm in your family now. So, what are you going to do about that? You can't get rid of me now, oh, jerk. Man. Oh, that's so weird. It's such a bizarre thing to just have that as an option. I'm not even sure if they intended for that to be there it was when like, they chose that character as an option. It's just like, okay, what characters can your main character... So, this is all. there's also like a relationship, like dating... Situation in, yeah, the, in within the gifts game. and presents sounds like an anime game to me. For oh, now. stop it! <laughs> it's not anime just because there's love involved. Well, if the if 
if that love, love revenge is, is a mechanic to like you know level up your town or oh, to, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. join but, your party no that part is solely for your character like right. if you like you technically could play the game and woo nobody and just do everything else but the option's there so why not woo somebody okay just have just it's your life. I think that I think that I'm trying to remember what the <laughs> Japanese names of the game was. It's your life. It's your it, you life. You do it. You do what you want. You do what you like. It's your life. I feel like the Japanese name even but I have to look it up maybe for the next break, but I'm almost positive the Japanese name was even something like instill life or live your life or something weird. Oh, like so that. it's it's really like, you know, do what you want. Yeah, do what you want. It's your life, a life sim. But also oh, this this forty floor tower. This music is crazy. This place in the tower. Yes. It's like, it sounds like four songs playing at the same time. So There's good. a lot going on. And the whole time you're frustrated because animals are trying to melt your weapons. Mm. You're was so mean. So this, I, I, when I first started playing the song, I was super confused. Like, what is, like, what is going on? There's like all of these notes and they don't make any sense. But at the end of the song, Right here, you can actually hear it. It actually makes sense now. There's like, I feel like all the instruments like came together at the end. Like, yeah, or or maybe they were all on different roads to get to the same destination. Yeah, like that. Or maybe it was always, and because sometimes like my brain doesn't like process everything at the same time. So maybe like, maybe it was always like in key with each other, but I didn't know it right away. And because it's so crazy, by the end of it, my brain's like, oh, that's where it is. It's such a, it's I don't know. I have no idea. This is a weird a cornucopia song. of melodies that come together in one spectacular package to work as a mm. buffet for the senses. To keep trying, Prince. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. This is not easy stuff. Oh, this is a challenge. It's weird. That's why I like to typically just go. Music style is good. I think you'll dig it. There's a drum in it somewhere. Well, wh- it why? Why do you like this one? I like the I like I like the atmosphere that it creates for the character is foreboding, but it's not too foreboding. It is, yeah. It does have like a, and I think it's foreboding because it sounds it's sounds it, like an Aladdin reject in some respects too. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a, yeah. There's like four people playing instruments, and they're all kind of listening to each other. It's like they're looking across the room in like a four way vision pattern, like competing. Like, oh, you think you got? It? <laughs> trying to the guys like, oh, you think you got something? They're trying to play fat, yeah, yeah. They're trying to play ahead of each other, but there's no percussion, which is cool. It's just all um, whatever that instrument is. It's really weird. All right, so I'm going to jump to something a little funky, something a little sexy. Dun dun dun. This is Bloody Roar for the PlayStation, where your character. Way whoa. Yeah, sexy. That's dialogue for the, after the rat. No. Because that's... The, oh, this track is sexy. Okay, like, whatever you find sexy about a bloody roar, I don't want to know. <laughs> well, your characters turn into beasts. <laughs> that doesn't make the case better. It just makes it worse. I think I've explained myself perfectly. <laughs> no. um, this is the uh, character select screen called Forces of Nature for the Sony PlayStation. And I don't have a composer for it right now, but I might later. I don't know if I could find one specifically for this version of the game, but Bloody Roar for the Sony PlayStation. This track is composed by. Got you. Oh, Takayuki Nagishi. Thank you, Takayushi. Takayushi. Takayuki <laughs> Nagishi. Pranel Vaughn. Thank you very much. Tap clap 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 clap. I'm back. <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> you were just listening to Forces of Nature, the character select screen from the game Bloody Roar for the Sony PlayStation, composed by Takeyuki Nagishi or Stevie Wonder. I go with either. I that's a Stevie Wonder break right there. Oh, that that synth bass. Come on, you can't tell me this is not sexy. Okay, this is, this is, this I'll, is, I'll give you that. The music works. The yeah. title, before <laughs> getting to the music itself, yeah. they described Bloody Roar as a very a particularly sexy title. No. Well, I was like thinking about games where you play as a monster or turn into a monster, and I was like, oh, I remember that fighting game, Bloody Roar. Like, what's that What's that soundtrack like? And like the, 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 the game tracks were pretty good. Oh, yeah. But then I heard this on the character select screen, and I was like, whoa, wait a minute. This is like something else. I actually still own the second game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's one of the back in the day again, like one of the few fighters I bought back then. Yeah, I, yeah. You're I, not you're not big into the fighting games like I am. Like I I liked, and to this day, I think some fighting games have had characters that use this dynamic, but I don't think there's ever been another fighting game that uses it as a whole, where every character technically has two fighting modes. Yes. The closest may well be uh, Blast Blue because every character has that weird stand, but I think even still they're intertwined. They don't change between the two. They're just constantly yeah, in motion. There's um there's a few Street Fighter characters that have that mechanic, but like they're special, and because of that, they're they're really technical and not not a lot of people play them at a high level. Yeah, that would be um like Gen. Have you ever played Gen Mm-mm. from Alpha? And he was in Street Fighter Four. So he's got um, two stances, like a kick stance and a punch stance, but it's completely different specials and normals. So I think that's a cool concept to have. Oh. In there. You can basically, you pretty much have to, a character that's fighting yeah. has to remember pretty much two characters built into one. There's a new one on Street Fighter V. I forget the guy's name. He's, he's he was like one of the last DLC characters from last season, but he's actually an old man. And then if he changes stance, he becomes a young man. I was gonna say he becomes a baby. No, yeah, he's like baby. he transforms like from old to young. And he's he's um guys guys master from uh, Final Fight. Oh okay, I can yeah. appreciate I can't that. With a Z. I can't, I like from this game, fine. the it's only fine. characters I remember from it are Alice the Rabbit, who I used a lot, and Bakariu the Mole. Yeah, I don't remember the character. So so in this game, it was like it was a fighting game, but then like your guy could roar and turn into like, beast, a beast out, basically. Yeah. Beast out, yeah. But could, was it, was that to just like boost your attack, or can you do, like do it mid combo? I couldn't remember. It boosted your attack, and it also changed some of your moves. Oh, that's awesome. So you technically wanted to be a beast for the most part because of the power increase, but sometimes you could actually do pretty well as the human form, too, because yeah. if you got hit in a certain way enough, you get knocked out of your beast from like, crap, 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 okay. Right. Like, but it was also a 3D game, like kind of like Tekken style. Yeah, it was one of those like pseudo threes where it was like it was a ring, and right. I guess you, I guess the game would kind of spin around. But for the most part, your controls were two D. Yeah. So, like nowadays, like there are a lot of three D fighting games, but when th- when fighting games went into the third dimension, they had to like figure out what how how to put bounds on the fighting like on the arena, right? Because mm-hmm. in a two D fighting game, there's corners. Yeah. Like you just you can only go so far. All these old games, they just put a fake ring around everything where right. you like get smacked into. So it. like in Virtual Fighter or in Soul Calibur, you can actually knock someone out the ring like sumo style. Yeah, ring out. Or in 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 Tekken, or in a, I think even in Bushido Blade, it was like if you backed up, it was a constant like circle. Like it was it was infinite. 
Hmm. But then in, in other like Tekken stages, I think you can actually knock him into the wall. I want to say Bushido Blade was just a flat arena, and eventually you just got to the edge and was like, you better get back in there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, no, it was like a big space, Bushido yeah. Blade. Um, but yeah, so there, I, th- I think this one was like more Tekken style, where it was like, I think there was like walls and stuff. Yeah, because you could actually get walled, pushed into a wall yeah, and like comboed. I remember cool. that. Yeah, that's really neat. That was one of my main techniques, mm-hmm. being a jerk. But I don't know how you would get past the stage select, the character select screen on this, because this is, oh. You could, because the music and the yeah. fights was just as good. Yeah, it was a good soundtrack. It was really good, but I like this a lot. It, it, the, the, song, the song ends, though, so I don't know if it's like, it's like the official soundtrack and it just ends, or they only give you so much time on the character select screen. This is like when it stops. Mm. I have to like time it, like if it's like ninety nine seconds, right? I, I got a feeling it's probably one that you can just you get all the time in the world. I can't think of too many games where they force you to pick before time runs out. I don't know. See, now I'm going to drive it home, like looking up the OST to see if I can remember any particular hits from that game. No, it's about it's just under a minute. It's a funky. Bob, it's probably like a short loop. It's a know? funky minute. It's a good minute. You'll pick. You'll pick. They only had like what eight characters in the game, though. So you weren't going to be spending too much yeah, time on the characters. Yeah. So like, Nowadays, like you have to have like a billion characters to choose from. Yeah, I mean, Skullgirls released with like around eight to ten, but even that had to expand it later on. Right. When Street Fighter Five first came out, there wasn't a whole lot. People were like upset about that. I'm like, it's well, Street Fighter set a precedence by that. Exactly. Point. I'm saying like they they kind of like they ruined it for themselves with Marvel Capcom Two, where it was like eighty characters, and like all right, now every game's gotta have like a ton of them. Well, like even if you didn't use that as a thing, because you could just as well say, well, Marvel Capcom was a hodgepodge of franchises, and yeah. it was a wacky fighter, but Street Fighter Four. Was technical, and that one had that well, was probably the one I felt had like, the largest roster in Street Fighter up to that point. If you on, don't factor in Alpha Three on the home release, yeah, in the arcade when it first came out, there were only like eight characters, eight maybe, maybe really? ten. Yeah, yeah, not, not hmm. too many, and and most of those characters aren't aren't really used. <laughs> they tear them up too hard. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all about the meta. All right, um, we're on to what your third third mm-hmm. track. What you got? Well. I kept thinking I picked this from a previous episode, but I'm kind of glad I didn't because I want to listen to it now. So this track is from one of my old favorite titles from the game Monster Rancher 2. Monster Rancher? Mm-hmm. Ranching the monster. Wait, is this the one where you put like the disc in mm-hmm. and like you can like make monsters out of CDs? Out of a Metallica album, you get like a... <laughs> what was it? I'm trying to remember. It was like a, Brit- like a British band where you got like a, a, was like a Union flag pixie or some oh, weird cool. mess. But uh, this, is, uh, this is a city theme from Monster Rancher 2. Composed by another Hiroshi, Hiroshi Miyazaki. All right.
Oh, this I don't know how to describe this track. What a weird loop. It's, it's, I don't know how to explain this, but this is from the game Monster Rancher 2. The track is the city theme, and it's composed by Hiroshi Miyazaki. So, you're probably wondering, it's a short loop. There's not a ton going on here. Why the heck would Perno even want to pick that? And the answer is probably due to some form of like arrested development. <laughs> so, <laughs> what? I probably used the wrong terminology there, but I don't care. No, no. But the logic here is this. So, Monster Rancher was a game franchise that, in America anyway, came up before Pokemon. I don't know how it panned out Did in Japan, it? though. Oh, yeah. In America, it definitely came up before Pokemon. Huh, interesting. Japan, though, I think Pokemon beat it because it came out like 95 or 96 there. It's always interesting to me how late, how late, how late in the system of the Game Boy system games were produced. It was the problem was just Pokemon, they didn't think it would be a hit here, so yeah. they, they delayed releasing it but for it years. But it was still, like, still games on that old 8-bit system were being released when, like, 3D, you know, 64-bit or whatever, disc, disc-based systems were out. Like, it's crazy. All about that portability, man. Yeah, it definitely is. No one was is. touching that. Anyway, so, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, it's all good. Let's, let's continue. So. Continue. Yeah, so I mean, story time. Later. Tell me more. <laughs> Aurora Borealis. Uh, so, in this game, the way, in, whereas in Pokemon, you were essentially like catching monsters and just like running around and just beating things up and fainting. In Monster Rancher, it was more of a sort of sim slash technical game. You could take monsters, you would raise them up from life to death. Like, they're actually dying in this game eventually. Like, of like age? or Yeah, just... they, they had a lifespan. They could die from old age, they could die from being hurt too badly in a fight. Oh, okay. They could die from like being lost in the woods. It was like, all kinds of per- stuff. Permadeath. Like, they were permadeath. <laughs> they died. It's rough, man. You can even cryo-freeze your monsters to breed them with other monsters later <laughs> if you wanted to. But um, the big hook on the game and why the thing that made the franchise kind of take off like it did at the time was that monsters were generated by using the data stored on your disk. I believe it was more so related to like the actual like how they stored the track information though. Yeah, it wasn't like the track ID. Yeah, yeah. Like it had nothing to do with like people used to think it was like, oh my god, if it has the right kind of music on like no, it's not But um so essentially this game got you to go into your father's house, your mother's house, or you know, any of your siblings who collected tons of music and just raid their music library and just dump CDs into your PlayStation console to see to- what wacky creatures would be spawned from your family's musical taste and this music played the entire time you did it so so, it, so in in the city mm-hmm. the city of the game is where you would do that process yes there was like and a so shiny location there you this this like lively you know little little marching band would play and <laughs> you just, did that over and over yep it's like put disc in and you put your disc in and you sit there the animation's spinning and you're just anticipating so you know this music still plays it's it like plays it was, the whole time so this was loaded into memory and still going Not i'm telling you, you i don't even know how to convey just how obsessed with this game i was there was a cat monster like a little cat doll monster type you could get it was a plush cat that came to life and when I learned it was in the game, but you had to unlock it. Oh, man. Through a specific CD or through, through like... A through, through a process. So, like, once you 
accomplish a certain goal in the game, you would unlock a monster species. And then if you had discs that had that monster on it, the game would let you use them. But before it would say you're not oh, you're not ranked up enough to use this disc. You had to rank disc. up to you to get certain species. So you could use that disc, but that, that species would never come out of it. Yeah, the game would tell you you're not experienced enough, or you so you could the reuse the same do. CDs over and over again and get different monsters out of it as you played mm, the game. You get the same monster. So if you put the disc in and get this monster type, you'll get the same monster if you put the disc in later. But but you weren't ranked up enough to get them. Yeah, in which case the game would deny you access to it. It would, oh, it would, say it would actually say like it. you can't do. It. Oh, that's that's rough, man. But it got it made you feel kind of good sometimes. You're like, oh, I wonder what's on there. I can't wait to find out. Oh, interesting. You would hang on to that CD and come back to track five. Track five. Come back for it later. Hopefully or do best. you choose the track or you just throw the CD no, in? No, you throw the CD in. It read, it read the entire Trump CD listing. Like oh, it, it read the data of how the CD was, like, like how it, all the data was registered on the disc. I was like, bam, there oh, it is. Wow. So, um, essentially, my favorite monster breeds were the Pixies, the Worms, the Mew Cats, and then on the later games, they had this weird clam monster that kind of popped up and shot a pop gun. You sound like all these uh, shoegaze bands that you're into. Oh, yeah. Pixie and... Mew Cat. Mew Cats. Mew Cats the band. What a great <laughs> band. But see, now I'm going to be... This, this is going to have to be the episode. You're going to be up all night thinking about it. I'm, I might try to hook up the PS2 again somehow and play it. I just need to get You might have better luck running. finding like an emulator and running it. I don't know how that would even work. I, I, I'm sure it's out there. We'll have to look it up. Anyway, let me, let's, let's finish up. <laughs> we'll be talking about Monster Rancher all night. Yeah. All right, so my final track. Um, another... This is, a, this, is, this is a nice... This is a nice monster. Oh. This, this is a uh, this is Gizmo. Oh, I yeah, like Gizmo. This is Gremlins Two, the new batch for the Nintendo, composed by Naoki Kodaka. This is Stage One, the Office. Gremlins going to work. Oh yeah, <laughs> gotta get paid. Get paid. Listening to Stage One, The Office from Gremlins to the New Batch for the Nintendo Entertainment System, composed by, well, actually, probably my favorite games composer, Naoki Kodaka. Let's be honest, though. This has been around for a while. This is not a new batch. This is a over. This is a stale batch. Stale, stale batch. Pretty stale oh. batch. They better. It's been how many years? This isn't new. This isn't okay. All right. All right. Uh, that's a terrible Gr- Grim- joke. Gremlins Two. You know, you know the rest. <laughs> Gremlins 2, some pretty stale yeah, cookies. Gremlins 2, 2015 version. <laughs> we still got it. Still, still got it. Now Gremlins um, got the groove back. How <laughs> Gizmo got his groove back? I love, I love Sunsoft, the Sunsoft NES sound, that cool bass, mm-hmm. and this has got, it's got like a like a scary vibe to it too. You know, it's like a Halloween kind of song. Well, it makes me kind of think sometimes. I was actually thinking about this when the track when you put the track on that uh, it's hard to believe that 
when Gremlins 1 came out, it was done by Steven Spielberg, if I recall. Yes. But it was sort of kind of meant to be a scary film. Like, it wasn't meant to be well, lighthearted. It was I, lighter yeah. than a typical scary film, but it was meant to be kind of scary. I think, like, I think I think what was great about it and about that era with some of, the, some of those movies was that, like, yeah, it was supposed to be scary, but, like, fun. Like a fun scary, like an event, like like for like a kids can watch it and be like, oh, that's spooky, but it's also fun. Yeah, know? but like I didn't even think the scary was a part of it. It didn't click for me till later on. Yeah, but then the second movie, i.e., the one this game is based on, this just fun- went all in on the fun part. Yeah, like all right, the previous previous movie, Gizmo spawned these gremlin things. They all look creepy and scary. But how about if they had subspecies? One could be a girl because that's a subspecies <laughs> somehow. And one could be an electric one because that makes sense. Right. And another one had googly eyes. And this game was just like, all right, let's just make sure he does all the things in the, in the movie. Like he's got the little uh, paper clip bow and arrow. Which at the time, that people lost their stuff. Right. When he got, he had the rape of the Rambo bandana oh, on yeah, and yeah. the paper clip bow and arrow, which for the record, kids started doing that oh, after of course. that movie. Oh, absolutely. Totally started to, but no one was throwing tomatoes apparently because then I think about it, I don't think they even did it in the movie. It was only know, in the no, game. It was just in the game. It was like, what can you throw? Baseballs? No, tomatoes. Tomatoes. He's 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 a little he's a little guy. Alright, so um what little trivia. What should you not do with a gremlin? Well you totally shouldn't loan it money because it's not gonna give it back. Yeah. So don't loan it money. Um don't let it drive your car don't because it, they're don't very let it reckless. Dri- drive your car. And it's oh. a third one. Let me think. It was something to do with a job interview. No, don't turn your back to it. Don't turn your back. Don't turn your back. Don't turn around, because <laughs> it'll bite you in your derriere. <laughs> don't look away, because it'll steal your wallet. That's what they did. Gremlins were shady critters. That's um, spot on. Yeah. You know what, though? I've never seen any of the Gremlins movies. Wait, are so you serious? I believe you, 100% everything you said. You totally saw the Gremlins movies. Don't you don't even front. Don't None, front. I've never seen them. What? I know. No. <sighs> you have a wife. You can watch those as a date thing at this point in your life. Know. It would be fun because they're fun movies. You they, said it yourself. Well, they sound scary. Oh, stop it. <laughs> You'll enjoy them. They're great films. I think you guys would get a kick out of it. But the actual things you can't do, no, Mark. Like, you point in the other room. You're married. You're, you have no excuse not to watch this movie. You People who are listening are like, what are you talking about? No, I stand by that statement. You, I know yeah, everyone has yeah. Different, spouses have different tastes, but when it comes to things like movies, that's like the one place where you can go, Yeah, yeah. look, I don't, I don't know if you're going to like this or not, but it's time to find out. And at the end, you can go, what'd you think? This movie was terrible. I'm sorry. But in the, in the back, <laughs> you're like, yes, this movie was great. Or it could be the other way around. This movie was much worse than I thought it was going to be in this. I was like, oh, this is, thanks for having this movie suggest. This is a great film. I'm like, well, yeah. this backfired heavily. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, we do watch all the movies together. And um, actually, our early early dating, we watched a ton of movies. But none of them were gremlins. No, no. I mean, stuff that was in the theater. But yeah, never never saw gremlins. I'm sure she's seen gremlins. Maybe. That makes it even more fun because if she's know. seen Gremlins, then it'll be like, sure. I wonder how Rob's going to respond to the scene where he gives that Gremlin a job. <laughs> the rules clearly state, don't interview a Gremlin. Yeah, 
because they can't handle the pressure and they turn into and they turn into a crazy monster, right? Exactly. Yeah. And at one point, the gremlin gets runs late for work. <laughs> and he, you're, usually, they run, but he steals your car keys. Oh my god! You don't want that to happen. Maybe I have seen gremlins. I know all about this. Yeah, man, steal your car keys and get into like a crazy fender bender. Yeah, teaching kids how to make um, crossbows out of out of paper clips. That's what they do. I'm telling you, that's, that's the Mogwai's into things. The Mogwai does that. I know you're just making up words. Oh, I, <laughs> true. All right, I'm going to turn this song down, and we're going to have the part of the show we like to call the bonus round. Bonus round. The bonus round. Yes. All right, the bonus round is the part of our show where we play covers and remixes based on today's theme, which is monsters, the monster party. Monster party. What you, what you bring into the monster party? You got some chips? Oh, I had the. I bought yeah. some guac. You were signed up to bring soda to this monster party. But clearly, since I'm trying to give up soda, quote unquote, trying <laughs> it's so hard when you get back on the sauce. Um, it's I didn't bring soda. Okay, good. but I did bring an awesome beat from the game. Where another case where if I didn't pick a track from this game for this episode with this title, I would probably have to lose my card as being Pixel Pixel Man. Okay. Oh, what's that? This is from the game Monster Party. The actual game Monster Party. The game is called Monster Party. And the track is called Sorry I'm Dead. (laughs) And it's composed by a guy that goes by the great name of Ryan 8-Bit.
That was Sorry, I'm Dead from the game Monster Party, redone by, arranged rather, by Ryan 8-Bit. Monster Party, or as I like to call it, thanks for sticking to the bargain bin only, Dead, is <laughs> a game that I played as a kid, and um, it was very, very strange. You are a boy who gets taken to Monster Land by a monster named Bert who wants help hmm. saving Monster Land from some monster thing and this game consists of walking through courses and entering occasional doors that typically house boss monsters boss monsters who are typically obsessed with calling you baby that's what i'm (laughs) saying i i I was a kid i remember being like why is everyone calling me baby like here i come baby (laughs) maybe like uh the translator was like oh this is this is a cool way to talk Baby, <laughs> maybe that's what it was, but it just, it just threw me for a loop. Man, that was a really cool like like cover though. Like I loved that sound of that. Oh, it was great. Like I I was having a weird time with it because I was like, I want to find a track that would fit this episode. I want something from Monster Party, but most of the music in this game, some of it's pretty good, but it's all very short and loopy. Like even shorter than that earlier city track that I picked. Yeah. So I didn't feel comfortable using it, any of it as a regular jam, but when I came across this remix, I was like, wait a minute, they took it, it's decently length, and it's awesome. I found one other cover, but it was like 12 minutes long, and it was a medley. I was like, I can't go with that. That would take way too much out of it. But I, just was obs- I, I ended up really coming to love this game to the point where I played it ad nauseum. And the ending of the game actually gave me nightmares for a while. Oh, really? Oh, oh yeah. That, like, mod, that, 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 that final boss thing? No, no. The actual ending of the game, oh. it gave me nightmares. You, uh, It was really odd. It was just you end the game, and your monster friend goes, thanks for helping me save Monster Land. Here's a present. Open it when you get home. And you go home, and you open the box, and a fairy comes out. And she goes, thanks for saving us, blah, 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 blah. And the kid's like, yeah, you're fairy. And then something happens. I can't remember why, but she turns like this weird, creepy, undead monster, and uh, blood starts running down the walls. Oh, God. And then you start melting and turning into a monster, and the kid screams, and he wakes up. And he's like, oh, it was a dream. But you're like, or wasn't was a dream it? to me. <laughs> oh, God. Scared the oh, really? tar out of me. That's crazy, man. That is crazy. Like, the game ends with you That's getting nuts. screwed over, and oh, then you wow. wake up from it like it was all a dream. Oh, that's nuts, man! Open the present when you get home. I, I can I can guarantee you it inspired some of the actual nightmares I had as a kid. Too. Yeah, no that, doubt about it. That's wild. Monster party. <laughs> also sliding in there that you did complete this game. I did. Oh, of course I had to mention that. Which, by the way, <laughs> uh, our our good friend John Wedgworth had a he had a photo he showed up the other day. And it was like it was like his recording studio. Yeah. And uh, he had a in that photo. I saw a glimpse or caught a glimpse of the Fester's Quest manual in the corner. Oh, cool! And I said, "Did you beat the Fester's Quest?" And he goes, I, "I'm pretty sure I did." And it started to make me think, like, "Did I beat Fester's Quest as a kid?" Pernell, I don't know. No one has defeated Fester's Quest. That game was impossible. <laughs> yeah, man. But now I want to go back and try again. But it was just so brutal. I can't convey how frustrating <laughs> that game was to me. As much as I liked it. They attempted to have 3D house mazes. They yeah, were terrible mazes. That was just awful. And You'd think the Goonies was bad. Oh, no. This was bad. You know, terrible. You couldn't even see the turns you can make sometimes. It was just these... It was a terrible... A trial and error. It really was. And then every once in a while, a giant monster was at the end. Like, do 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 Oh, crap. It's just... <laughs> also an awesome Sunsoft soundtrack. 
Yes. Yes. The Adams Family theme has never sounded better. (laughs) So my pick is from a friend of the show, Chris Baines. Oh. Yes, I picked from Shadow of the Colossus. Um, This is his like symphonic metal cover, a violent power and revived power. I thought you were trying to describe it like a violent power, a tour de force. (laughs) A violent encounter and revived power from Shadow of the Colossus, a game where you think you're fighting monsters. You are. Some people are still playing that. They just re-released it. Some some poor kids like you know they just re-released wait, it. A wait week wait ago. wait wait! You can spoil Monster Party. No one's re-releasing Monster Party. <laughs> <laughs> they just re-released Shadow of the Colossus maybe not even a month ago. Oh, I'm yeah. not even making that up. Well, anyway, this, this track is awesome. It could come on. It comes on in a part of the game that maybe you haven't reached yet. Dun, dun, dun. But I hope you look forward to it. <laughs> this is from Chris Baines. Thank you, Chris Baines. This is an amazing track. I wanted to share it with everybody. Here you go.
That was A Violent Encounter and Revived Power from Shadow of the Colossus, arranged and performed by Chris Baines. Chris Baines Music. Thank you, Chris, for that amazing tune. This was some gnarly, gnarly moju. That was... What is moju? Um, I think... That sounds like a Purnell word. It is a Purnell. <laughs> I, I don't even know what that means. I just threw it out there. Moju. Moju. Um, but and, I, I do love this track, though. Everything this guy does is just bliss, though. So I can't even say. Yeah, and he's doing so, so much. Doing mm-hmm. so, so much. Um, just producing so, so much. If you'd like to check out more of his music, um, check him out on Patreon. I think it's patreon.com slash Music and... Um, also on YouTube. Well, if you want more information about all of our artists on the bonus round part of the show, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to their um, Patreons and SoundClouds and, and Bandcamps and everywhere where you can go um, listen to their music, buy their music, and support the artists. Thank you for joining us on Rhythm and Pixels episode 12-5, Monster Party. Party. Honestly, thank you, Rebecca, for giving us this awesome topic to go with because, like Rob said earlier, the abstract topics are some of the best ones to go on Yeah, because it allows you to get a little creative and just kind of flex your... You know, game knowledge muscles, mm. or if it's not game knowledge, it's just generally just diving into the pool of wealth that exists for us and bringing up buried treasure. Yeah, it's part of, part of why I like doing the show and like why I wanted to start the show in the first place was to go and explore some of the game soundtracks that I may have forgotten or that exist out there that I don't know about and, and just discover new stuff. Like Bloody Roar, I remember playing, but I don't remember too much about the music, but now I know that music. Oh, yeah. And I'm into it. Some of these composers that are popping off where it's like, oh, wow. Or I didn't the, care before, but now all these names are starting to click for me. Or even finding those connections between like what the composers I've worked on. Um, it's, it's been <laughs> really great. 24. God, that was funny. <laughs> that was wild. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the Ice Shield and Falcom Sound team yeah. connection. Um, very interesting stuff. So yeah, there's this kind of obvious... I guess there, there wouldn't obviously be a connection, but there's definitely connections between anime and video games. Oh, yeah for a long time connections that I adore <laughs> um, so yeah we're gonna go we're gonna have more guests lined up for March so stay tuned for that um, but our next episode is gonna be our Patreon supported live stream special that we do every month still gotta come up with a topic but I think it'll be a straightforward one yeah I, I think we got we got we got some lined up again we have our little uh, a little basket of, of topics that we uh, have suggested to us and we like to choose from it and I had one that came to mind recently yes yeah. just the simple thought of recommendations through music like games we want to recommend to people to try oh to play. yeah like like games we want to other people to play yeah and you're like, better at that than I am well I'm sure <laughs> these you- are games that you want me to play <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm sure you've got games out there, too. You, like, even oh. if you may mention them in the past, where it's like, oh, yeah, I played this back in the day. People should play this. It may be, yeah. Um, but if you have a topic for us, you, the listener, 
um, send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And if you'd like a full track listing of the show um, and access to all of the episodes, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. And we're always making changes there and updates to make it better. Um, And if you want to check us out on social media, that's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. It's rhythmandpixels, all one word. Um, and if you like the if you like the show and you want to um, help support us, um, every every dollar goes back into the show. Go to uh, patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels, and we have like little bonuses there for you um, for all of the subscribers. And we want to thank all of the subscribers to the show. We want to thank Alex the Messenger, and Carlos, and Morton Gangso, and Henrik Anderson, and Michael Bridgewater of the Forever Sound Version Podcast. Yeah, but Brian Pitt. Chris Murray and David Smith. All wonderful, awesome people. Yeah, you are all awesome people. Thank you so much for your continued support of the show. Um, and also, uh, if you're interested and you want more video game music throughout the day, go to YouTube and search Rhythm and Pixels Radio. We have a 24 7 live stream radio station playing nothing but our picks of 8 bit and 16 bit classic music and picks of forever sound version and picks of the vgm jukebox from josh and emily which is super cool just getting it all in there it's one big music party yes it's a community effort um just gonna be running all the time just in the playlists get updated just about every week with new stuff from our brain canals to your eardrums that's right um and we're also gonna have more more playlists updated um from pixel tunes radio and probably from some more in the future. I gotta stop being lazy. I gotta come up with some wacky, wacky picks. Yeah, you gotta come up. I, I, I have a whole bunch I know that we both enjoy, but some some Purnell specific tracks would be really cool to add to the show, add to the station. I mean, I gotta dig them out. Yeah, I'll, man. Maybe you can go find my old music library from the old days of IRC. <laughs> See what I <laughs> yeah. can muster up. Yeah, beginning on um, uh, Discord. We have a Discord server. If you want to look us, look that up. It's that's linked on the website. But that has reminded me of IRC days. Mm-hmm. I loved IRC. It was such a wonderful, wild, wild west of it was. internet. Yes. Just very, very um, lawless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my kind, that was my kind of place at the time. Man. Oh, well, this has been the Rhythm and Pixels video game music podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Purnell. And we'll see you next week. Have a good night. And remember, MAGA, we're... It's been an interesting time. Anger is kind of flowing like wild candy out there on the internet due to debate topics, whether it be political or my favorite console is X. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and of course, when we are in these discussions, we always see the other person as being this awful monster on the other side of the keyboard, just raging and screeching. Whatever stuff it is that they want to say. But the thing you have to realize is that it's not too hard to become the monster yourself Hmm. by virtue of just wanting to one-up somebody or just be better. I'm not saying you have to agree with people when you have these discussions. I'm not saying you even have to have these discussions. I'm just saying that if you want to engage other people in this manner, be the person you want them to be, regardless of how other people respond to you. It's just it creates a better atmosphere for everyone that's both you and anyone else who may be coming across your dialogue right don't be the monster be the friend Lee monster <laughs> <laughs>